Hey guys, hey gals, this is producer Ryan here. Today's podcast is going to be a very different one than we have had in the past. I don't know how many of you know where we record this, but we all record the podcast here in Virginia Beach, Virginia. It is actually my hometown where I was born and raised. We had a tragedy last Friday where a deranged individual decided to take 12 people's lives at our local municipal building. Jay and Ray have reached out to a very dear friend of theirs who has a unique perspective on this kind of tragedy. I also wanted to take the time before we aired the podcast to say a few things. And one of the few things was I'd like to read their names. As you hear the names being read, please say a prayer for the families that are dealing with this tragedy. Lakita C. Brown, Ryan Keith Cox, Tara Welch Gallagher, Mary Louise Gale, Alexander Mikhail Gusev, Joshua O. Hardy, Michelle Langer, Catherine A. Nixon, Richard H. Nettleton, Christopher Kelly Rapp, Herbert Snelling, Robert Williams. This has not been an easy time for my town, but please thank you for the support and keep us in your prayers. And without further ado, here's the podcast. Everybody wants to be on top of the mountain. The problem nowadays is people want to get dropped off at the top of the hill and look down. It's that I overcome mindset that makes all the difference. See, the way we're taught is you're going to claw, you're going to scratch, you're going to bite, you're going to dig, you're going to do whatever it takes to get to the top of that mountain. That unequivocally is how I have managed to keep myself moving forward and finding success. Two seals, one mission. The JR Overcome Show. And welcome back to the JR Overcome Show. This is a very special episode because I know so many of you were watching the news, the national news, the local news, and you saw the tragic active shooter situation we had right here in Virginia Beach, uh, only about three miles from where I was when it occurred. Uh, Ray and I are actually friends with quite a few of the law enforcement officers that were involved in that shooting. And I tell you what, it just moved our hearts uh, you know, hashtag BB strong. And we really wanted to talk about what happened. We, I have a great friend, uh, Mr. Dave Acosta, who is a active shooter expert. And we wanted to bring him on the show to talk about these type of situations. They're happening all too often. Uh, Ray, I mean, it just breaks my heart, man. Yeah, brother, this is going to be an episode where I'm not going to be making jokes, not going to be having fun. This is, this is serious shit guys. And we want this to be an informative uh, podcast. We want to spread awareness. Um, and We, we, we want to help save lives. Yeah, and we brought a subject matter expert on to talk about this now because this, you know, you say it's never going to happen to me or near me. Well, guess what, ladies and gentlemen, it just happened uh, to me and Jay. And we know maybe even some of you, it's happened close to you. So it is time to start taking precaution. Absolutely. Training and preparation are what make the difference in any, any situation that's out there. It is no different than this. So uh, without further ado, let me just jump right in. Let me tell you who our uh, guest is today. It is a, a great friend of mine. Uh, I've gotten to know him over the years, Mr. Dave Acosta. He is a 
mental fitness coach. He's a motivational speaker, corporate culture expert. But bigger than that, Dave does all kinds of things with leadership. But how did he learn those things? Well, he learned those things by working side by side with some of the nation's most elite uh, law enforcement, federal, and military professionals. He started his career in law enforcement in Las Vegas, where he worked nine years working in specialized units, including six years, six years as the point man for the uh, North Las Vegas SWAT team. And this is a very active SWAT team. A lot going on in Las Vegas. He then moved on to become an international tactical instructor, as well as a team leader for high-risk protection teams in Iraq, Afghanistan, Africa, and Latin America. He's conducted hundreds of real-world tactical missions, and his company continues to provide protection and tactical training for clients around the world. And now, within the last couple of years, Dave has become a subject matter expert teaching how to protect yourselves uh, and and locations, organizations against active shooter scenarios, active shooter situations. He just returned from Brazil where he was the keynote for a very large conference on how to deal with active shooter situations in some of the very complex environments and some of the complex buildings uh, and complexes they have in Brazil. So Dave, it is my great honor to bring you on for a very heavy, uh, but so, so impactful discussion today about active shooters. So, Hey brother, welcome to the JR Overcome show. Hey, thanks. I appreciate both of you guys, uh, trusting me with this, uh, you know, with this really important, uh, matter and the information that I'm hoping to share with you guys. So thank you for having me on. Yeah. Absolutely, brother. We are, uh, we got to make people aware. They they have to understand. I have so many, I remember after the, uh, the Las Vegas shooting, uh, I had so many people reach out to me and say, Jay, what, what would you do in that situation? And we talked a lot about it. And I think that's going to be one of the biggest things that we want to talk about today. If you are the average Joe citizen and suddenly, just like we had some of the people, uh, uh, most of the victims in this shooting worked in that building. Exactly. Uh, but there were even a couple who just happened to be in there. I know that there was a contractor that just happened to be in the building and unfortunately lost his life because yes. he was getting a permit. He just happened to be in there at the wrong time. Yeah. And we want to give you that advice at Dave to try and help save your life. So with that, I think uh, we asked Dave, what is the word of the day? Every show we have that word of the day. And uh, Dave gave us a great word. Ray, yeah. go ahead, do the honors, brother. Yeah, the word for the day is fight back. And ladies and gentlemen, I want you to know that I've been, I've been kind of searching this, trying to find the right one because there's so many different definitions. And I actually changed it, Jay. And this is this is the best one that I, I think does justice. And obviously we can have Dave come on and elaborate, but uh, fight back to attack or to attack or try to defeat someone who is attacking or trying to defeat oneself, which I think definitely is something that pertains to this situation. Dave, can you elaborate on the word fight back and what it means to you and your camp that, uh, you know, and the things that you're doing? Yeah, you actually, I couldn't think of a better definition because that is exactly what we're talking about. Uh, culturally speaking, um, and we, we can get in, you know, we can really dig in and get into the weeds on the dynamics of an active shooter, some historical data that I could share with you guys. But, it's, you know, when you look at active shooter, um, culturally speaking, in the, in the United States, um, untrained people, uh, you know, just regular civilians, the guy with the gun wins. They see this guy come in, he's got the gun, he controls the room. And um, that's something that we've got to stop. We've got to get rid of that mentality. And when I first pitched uh, what I wanted to teach specifically in schools, 
meaning I want to teach teachers, regardless of size or gender, how to fight back against the guy with the gun. Um, some of the guys I presented this to who are world-renowned experts on mass shootings were like, Dave, you know, how are you going to get that? How are you going to get teachers to buy in? And, you know, I told them, I said, well, think of 9-11. We changed our culture in, in a matter of under two hours. You know, you had a plane hit a tower. Then another plane hit the tower. Then a plane hit the Pentagon. But by the fourth plane, the word was out. And those civilians, unarmed, fought back and defeated those terrorists and drove that plane into the ground. And every attempt that's been made to get into a cockpit since that day has been defeated by unarmed civilians on these airplanes. So to me, it's like, look, we can do it. We've proven we can do it. What we need to do is we need to, to remind people, if you don't have a gun, which most people aren't going to, 99% of the people present during a mass shooting don't, aren't armed, you can still fight back and win. And, and our program is a little more focused on the fight back portion of the run, hide, fight that, that seems to be a, a general protocol that's out there in the U.S. right now, because that's where I think people don't know what, you know, they understand what run means and maybe they understand a little bit about what hide means. But the fight back, there's a lot of theories and some of the information is, is, is wrong. You know, so. what, what chaps my ass about this topic so much? And I know you're like, wait a minute, what is that? give you an example. I was at the gym today working out, right? And the owner came up to me and said, hey, would you be interested? Because, you know, obviously we have some some history with active shooter too. And it's like, well, yeah. you know, I just started laying out some things and they're like, well, we can't do this. And, you know, the chances of it happen here are slim and none. And I, I told the owner, I said, see, that is the worst attitude that you can possibly have. You're already in a, it can never happen to us. You're in a defensive mode. You need to, and this is my mindset is you need to train and you know, and it's, he was like, well, how do I train the, the, the members here? I'm like, you don't train the members, you train the staff, you know, the staff is the constant and you know, and it's not something that you train, you know, it's not a one-time thing. You know, I, I was explaining, I know you'll definitely elaborate on this is, you know, you need to run drills. You need to rock you need to run mock simulations. I was like, you know, Christ, if you have to shut the gym down for a few minutes to do it, do it. But the thing is, is, and this is something I always say, I refuse. And I want to say this again. I refuse to be a victim. I will not be a victim, you know, and something that really burns my ass is when you see that the heroes in my eyes are the ones that are, you know, the teachers that are turning their backs to the shooter because they're, they're shielding children and they're getting shot in the back. My motto and my mindset is, is, you know what, if I have my one of many pistols, I can put my family behind me and I can shield them. But guess what? I'm taking I'm, I'm trying to fight back versus being unarmed. But what I what I really am interested in and I know what these people want to do it know is, is how can they how can you help teach them? how to prevent this, you know, situational awareness. I know you're going to dive into all this, but you know, what are some of the, the triggers that, you know, people need to look for? Um, you know, how can people unify as one to fight this? I mean, this is such a hot topic right now. And everybody in Virginia beach is running around with, they look like deer in, in the headlights going, Oh my God, I never thought this would happen to me. And this is what I've been telling people for years. It's not a matter of when it's, if it's going to happen, how do we protect ourselves, sir? Yeah, it is absolutely going to happen. You you bring up a couple points, and I think they're they're really important. So I want to hit both of them. Let's back up. <clears throat> Excuse me. So here I am um, speaking to these these Brazilians in Sao Paulo, and, and the very very intelligent business people, and they're they're saying, you know, what if we have an active shooter in the mall, 
uh, and they and they were asking about training, and it 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 was like, well, how do we educate the the mall goers? And and Ray, you nailed it. It's not about the mall goers. It's about the employees in the mall knowing what the hell the plan is. Yes, sir. And uh, you know, I, I asked the the these you know, these people that represent the administration of the malls, I said, how do you want your mall to be remembered at the end of this? Um, because the employees of the mall, whether they're in a specific store or maybe even a security guard, um, people are either going to say that they didn't know what to do either, or they're going to say, man, we heard gunfire and, you know, here's this 18-year-old girl at a storefront saying, get in here, get in here. And she knew to bring down the, the the gate that locked us in and then she knew where to barricade in the back or she knew where the nearest exit was so as an employee or i'm sorry as an employer train your employees to be the solution for the people that don't know any better that don't aren't familiar with the environment and, and a route of escape or where they can barricade and hide and, and while i say that let me share something with you one one of the statistics that i shared in brazil was you know columbine changed everything for us because in law enforcement, that glaring 45 minutes before they went in and actually started doing rescues and looked to engage the guys, which, by the way, we're not faulting anybody. We're just saying up to that point, that was law enforcement's response. When, when something really bad happened, you secured the perimeter and you called SWAT. That's a 45-minute response time. But today in the U.S., on just about any mass shooting, response time is three minutes or less for police officers. So it, it's a whole different ballgame if employees know what to do. They can help those, those patrons buy three to five minutes that they need until law enforcement gets there and engages the guy. So, and then the second thing, which we can go into in a minute, is what do you do? How do you fight back? And, and I'll answer that. But I think, Jay, look like you had something to say there while I was talking about that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. First off, I want to say that uh, a huge shout out to the Virginia Beach Police Department. Uh, the boys down there did an amazing job. Like I said, I was actually in that event when this occurred down at the beach and uh, guys peeled off immediately. You know, it was an all call uh, for everybody in that area and several friends of mine. I mean, they were there within minutes and they immediately entered the building. There was no hesitation. Uh, several of them encountered, unfortunately, uh, uh, individuals who had been shot right away. And of course, they knew, just like we do in the military, we're trained, uh, you have to win the fight first. That is absolutely uh, uh, critical. You know, you can't stop to deal, unfortunately, with someone that's injured because you still have an active shooter situation. And I just want to give the Virginia Beach Police Department uh, an amazing, amazing shout out for moving through that building as quick as possible. Um, the second thing I wanted to point out, Dave, is exactly what you're talking about. And uh, it, it's, uh, it, it's one of the things I talk about in my new book, Overcome, that in order to survive any kind of ambush and an active, and make no mistake, an active shooter event is a real world enemy ambush. Yeah, that's, You're that's in a, a gunfire ambush. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, all the different people I interviewed about surviving, whether it's an enemy ambush or a life ambush, the three components to get through it are the same. And those three components are uh, training, training 
preparation and that overcome mindset. And that's exactly what you're talking about, Dave. The Virginia Beach Police Department executed it. Uh, But what we need to do is get people in this mindset, the average everyday citizen in the mindset that they can do it also. And you are definitely talking about that. Uh, Can you run through what you were getting ready to talk about the second, but you also at the very beginning, you talked about the three points that they're teaching. I think there's a lot of people out there that don't know those three points. Uh, run, hide, fight. Yeah. Can you talk about those things? Please. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So what's happened is, um, you know, with all of the mass shootings, and by the way, there's a difference between an active shooter and a mass shooter. Um, so l- let's just clarify that real quick. And, and Jay and Ray, maybe you guys can help me if, if, if you feel like I need to, to drill down on that. But <clears throat> real quick. So you can have an active shooter that's not a mass shooting. For example, um, Let's say that we have an employee of a hospital that's female, which about seventy percent of those uh, of the employees in that in that field might might be female. So there's a domestic, and you know her ex shows up because he knows how to find her there, and that's very target specific. It's a domestic shooting. He shoots at her, and and in my scenario, I like to say that she was prepared. She she escapes and survives. Now, you know. The requirement to be considered or qualify it for a mass shooting is that it has to be one location, one, the same incident, and four people shot, injured, or killed um, in that incident. That qualifies it as a mass shooting. But the guy that I just described, now he's fleeing on foot. He, he has the ability, which is the firearm. He's already expressed the intent, which means he's actually pointed it at or shot at somebody. He's an active shooter even though technically at this point he hasn't committed a mass shooting. The minute four people are injured, then it becomes a mass shooting. So let's just understand that. Okay, so now we have a definition of active shooter and mass shooting. A mass shooter is obviously both of those things. And if it happens, um, what the city of Houston came up with a few years ago was a run-hide fight as a, as a very blanket generic protocol. So run means to escape get away as quickly as possible which you know most of us i think just about everybody in in this industry agrees that that's the right thing to do get the hell out of there um hide would be to find a place that you can you know be out of sight out of mind if possible now you know again we're just touching on these jay and i think we should come back in, in more detail because run you know you want to have a couple different options like a couple different routes pre-planned if you're in the workplace, hide is the same thing. What's the difference between hiding behind concealment and hiding behind cover? Exactly. This is something yeah. you guys as SEALs know there's a big difference there. So yes. we would want to elaborate on that. So you have run, hide, and then fight. And fight is, look, I don't have anywhere to go. The shooter's on top of me. What can I do? And this is where we differentiated and created a niche in our business because we, we see different programs that are saying, hit them with a stick, throw something at them, spray something at them. Look, you guys and I know for a fact, first of all, a shooter is obviously mentally unstable. Whether it's temporary or not, this is a person that's crazy. If you hit them with a stick and don't kill them on the first strike, you've just become the next target. If you throw something at them or spray something at them, all you're saying is shoot me next. But if you position yourself in a 90-degree angle and that person comes through the door and you go ape shit on them and tackle them or take the fight to them, they have to process that. Yeah. There's going to be a mental lag time that 
you've now become the hunter instead of the hunted. And look, no one can explain what I'm saying better than you two because you guys are trying to explain to people that the best thing you can do in an ambush is go into the face of the ambush, you know, attack the attacker. Um, and pe- a lot of people don't understand that, uh, that an ambush is built to get you to funnel you to a- an area that they want to get you to go to so they can finish you. Yeah. And I, I think the same principle applies here. When the last thing that he expects is to be ambushed himself by somebody, he has to process that. And that takes time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, man. It's just, I like the fact that you break it down to just three simple points, because the thing is, is what you're trying, what I hear is you're trying to build good muscle memory, you know, because the thing is, is, you know, unless you spend your whole life being in ambushes, training, this is like you said, civilians, keep it simple, stupid. We all know this acronym, right? Teach, Teach people simplicity. You know, get off the X. I love it. You know, go hide. You know, we'll we'll discuss cover and concealment. And then, you know what? Come up with a plan of attack. If you're going to fight back, fight back if you have to. Um, In the mall, I love the, you know, close the gates so they can't get in there. You know, just because the gates are closed doesn't mean he can't still shoot in there. But he's probably not. It's going to take a lot of time, which usually, you know, as I do, active shooters, they're moving because they're constantly looking for things. You know, they're looking for what the eye is seeing, movement. So, talk about covered concealment. And then I love the fact that, you know, definitely with these malls or something, have some sort of walkie talkie, some type of two-way communication where we can talk from store to store. I love the fact that you're going around and helping people learn how to protect themselves and then come up with a plan and fight back because I am tired of hearing, you know, good people being victims. Yeah. 12, 12 here 12. in Virginia Beach. I mean, and they were, I, I tell you what, I was at a concert for the Patriotic Festival and it broke my heart. I thought about how many of these families were thinking about coming to this concert tonight yep. and their lives in a second were ripped apart by some, yep. you know, crazy asshole with a vendetta for whatever, wanting to go in there and just wreck lives. So, Dave, I want to step back and, and get a little deeper into what you talked about, because I think it's important. You know, we talk about if you're a company or if you're a building, we want to train our employees. But I know there's so many people out there who listen to this show and they're like, man, I'm just an individual. What happens if I find myself in a situation where an active shooter or a mass shooting is occurring? Well, it comes back to what Dave was talking about, what we were talking about. It is preparation, training, and then that overcome mindset. So the very first thing, preparation, is when you go into a building, think about it. You know, where are the exits? Yeah. Where, okay, if something happens, I I mean, I do this. When I'm in a movie theater, I look at where I'm sitting and I'm like, okay, what's the closest exit? If that's blocked over here on the left, that's my closest exit. If that's blocked, where's the next one? Well, it's over there. Or I got to go to the rear. Uh, But you have to think through that. You have to play that out in your mind. We know from training that when crisis occurs, if you have not thought about it before, your mind is going to go to mush and you're not, you're, you're, things are happening too quickly to try and process it. So if you haven't thought through it before, at least a little bit, then you're not going to be ready. You're not going to be prepared. Now, uh, uh, and Dave, feel free to step in at any time with yeah. what I'm talking about here. I'm actually making some notes here because there's a couple things that uh, that I want to jump in into. Um, I want to I want to spend a significant portion of time like peeling this onion on what does fight back look like. Um, but uh, I think we need to do exactly what you're doing right now and say, okay, let's let's kind of walk through in a little more detail, run, hide, fight, and the process. And one thing I'm going to tell you guys, 
um, I w- was invited to uh, be the uh, content expert and, and um, the face of, of a video that was just created in Utah. It was funded by the Workers' Compensation Fund and the University of Utah. Wow. Um, I will send you guys the link when the final edit is done this month so that you can have a link on your website if people want. Because in that video, I literally, in a five-minute video, professionally filmed, I, I walk people through what you and I are about to discuss, which is how do you do all three of these things? What if, now let's talk about run for a minute, a little more detail for the average person, right? For, for a mom or a dad or someone at the mall. Yeah. You know, what, when you say run, well, what does that mean? Um, if it's in your work, your, your place of work, like these, these employees um, that were attacked this week in Virginia beach, have a primary route already in your mind. Okay. If, if I were to hear gunshots and I'm here at my desk, what's my primary route of escape? But you should also have a secondary route because what if that guy is coming down the route that you would have used? Now, I know for a fact that in the Virginia Beach shooting, there was an employee that was telling people to run. And then she came back down the hall and said, too late, too late. He's already here. And they went from primary route, secondary route, right to now we got to hide and barricade. Yeah. So have a couple routes. Mm -hmm. And then if those don't work out. Where are you going to hide? And, and again, if we're talking about your workplace, in your mind ahead of time, like I go back to what Ray said. I love that he's saying, dude, it's not a matter of if, but it's a matter of when. Yeah. So if you can adopt that mentality, it's easier for you to create a plan today. Today, if, if it happened today and you couldn't get out because the bad guy happened to be too close to your office or your area, where would you barricade and how would you barricade? Remember, we're just trying to buy enough time for law enforcement. Those guys are running in. They're going to come and they're going to come and get in a gunfight on our behalf. Like, like your friends already did. Let's yeah, buy five minutes. That brings Dave, a, I'm sorry. That brings a good question. Let's use them all. For example. Okay. What is the average response time? Okay. Once a call is made out from an active shooter, because this is, this is your wheelhouse, not mine until we've got boots on ground, whether they're breaching, kicking in the door, doing whatever it is. What is the average time in America? I'm sure you know this, give or take that individuals, because we're trying to raise awareness. So if they have to barricade themselves, are we looking at five minutes, 10 minutes, 30 minutes? How long do these individuals, should they plan for? I mean, that's something I've always wanted to know. Yeah. Okay. So in a mall, I'd say three, three minutes, five maximum that, that law enforcement is going to be somewhere in that mall and get, you know, trying to engage these guys. Workplace could be different, right? You know, I, we, the, the, we're, we've become what, what's called the silicone slopes here. A lot of people are moving from California, bringing their tech companies. To Utah. So a tech company here might have a little bit longer window because the law enforcement guys don't know the layout of, you know, and I'm not saying it's going to happen there, but let's say a company like Adobe, who's very proactive in their security postures right now, but we, law enforcement doesn't know how to get to what floor there per se. So it could be a little bit more, but at a mall, I'm talking three to five minutes before law enforcement is boots on the ground, but they still got to get to the active shooter and pin them down. Um, we had a shooting in a mall here. Uh, and the difference here was, and, and it was about that time frame. I would say it was three minutes. Within three minutes, he was engaged by an off-duty cop, which in the U.S., we do have a lot of off-duty guys that, that very likely will be at a mall. So if you can find that, somewhere to hide and barricade in three minutes. But, Ray, I, I want to dive in on your question a little bit more. So. It might be that we're, we're trying to keep our family safe for three minutes and we didn't have a chance to escape. Okay. So 
So we're barricaded. If you barricaded, you're not going to be, I wouldn't expect to see a cop knocking on the door saying, hey, it's police trying to, to, you know, get you out of there in under 30 minutes. That's what because I wanted to guess, sir. In, yeah, they're going to come in and there's going to be a gunfight. Yeah. And there's going to be an active scene. And, they, you know, a lot of times when they come running in there, um, and I know this from personal experience, it's never what they tell you. So you're running in and they say active shooter. And somewhere along the line, the radio is going to say multiple subjects. And the cops are always going to err on the side of caution. I don't know if that happened at Virginia Beach, but it wouldn't surprise me if as your buddies ran in there, yeah. they were hearing possible multiple shooters. Well, they didn't know. And that was the thing. And this is what's so critical for people to understand. I mean, that's such a good point, Dave, that they have to clear the building before they can start, you know, really trying to get in and evacuate citizens. Yeah. Because, you know, they didn't know if there were more shooters or not. So they had to finish their clearance. Once they had finally taken out the shooter, they had to finish their clearance for the rest of the building. And then uh, they started the process of evacuating the citizens. So that's where, yeah, you talk about 30 minutes. I mean, depending on the size of the building, man, it could be hours. It could be longer. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It could be longer. So as we, as we start doing more and more corporate clients, uh, as far as helping them with their plans, uh, and, and Jay, you've known me long enough. You, you saw what happened as we started working with schools. Well, now it's graduated. And when this video comes out, it's going to be even bigger. But with our corporate clients, we're saying, hey, listen, um, help, your, help your employees choose primary route, secondary route of escape. But if they have to barricade, do you have a number one choice for a safe room? You know, if you heard shots fired and it was coming down the hall and you had employees in a certain section, and you had a designated safe room, yeah. what's in the safe room? A bucket to take a dump in or take a piss in, um, you know, power bars, uh, protein bars, bottled water, things that like, Jay, you nailed it. it in some circumstances, it could be a long, drawn yeah. out time that you're barricaded. Yeah. I don't so, think people understand the severity and the, the complexity, what it takes to clear a structure like that. I mean, you know, you need SWAT elements, you need people. I mean, every room has to be clear because, because here's what you guys need to understand, ladies and gentlemen. And again, I'll sit in there as long as it takes, because what I don't want to have is the all clear and I walk out and there's still some maniac, you know, out there. So, you know, that's what I would tell. That's what I would advise people. Listen, you're in a fight. Do not Talk, do not say anything until you literally know that it's law enforcement coming in. And if it takes four hours, you know what I would do? I would hug them. Thank you. Thank you. I wouldn't say, holy shit, I can't believe this took you four hours. Because ladies and gentlemen, civilians, you do not know what is at stake. Every And, and something at like a mall, checking every single square inch of that place. Because here's the thing, yeah. an active shooter... After they're done what they're doing, what would I do? If I'm not going to kill myself, I'm going to hide. And guess what? They've got to find you before they clear it out. So my hat's off to the brave men and women who do this. And all I'm saying is, is be aware, ladies and gentlemen, if you are held up in a long time for a long, extensive period of time, it is not an inconvenience. It is for your safety. And, and bigger than that, uh, you, you don't get into. So we talked about run, hide you really need to have that third component in the back of your mind. I think a lot of people may barricade themselves and think they're okay and they put their guard down. And obviously it is an incredibly traumatic experience. Uh, you know, people get on the X and they're overwhelmed. The anxiety starts to pour on, but they need to have, and Dave, I'm going to let you get a little more into this, that fight mentality, because what says that you don't barricade that door and that guy finally figures, Hey, I've got people trapped behind here and I want to get in there and take them out, you know, and maybe law enforcement, 
enforcement hasn't made it to where that individual is. Well, yeah. now you are the last line of defense. So you have got to have that overcome mindset and you've got to have a plan, you know, pick up whatever's in that room. And Dave can talk about this, but um, getting 90 degrees off the door, you know, people, um, you know, we will shoot through doors. Uh, the door is the most dangerous place. Usually, depending on the building, uh, there's more protection right up against the wall, especially if it's concrete. Uh, that'll give you more protection. And Dave, I'm going to I don't want to steal your thunder. Thunder. You train for this. So please uh, talk to people about that mindset of fighting back. You know, in that worst case scenario, you're not able to run out. Uh, you, you've hidden and you've barricaded and now you're waiting and all of a sudden, you know, the worst of the worst has happened. And, and ladies and gentlemen, Ray hit upon it earlier. Don't have that mindset of, you know, ah, this is never going to happen to me. Jesus. The odds are it's never going to happen to me. I tell you what, these 12 souls here in Virginia Beach, God bless them. I, I guarantee some of them never even, it never entertained their mind that something like this could happen. Training and preparation will make the difference. If you have it in the back of your head that, oh my God, someday this could happen, it will turn your mindset to when you go into a building, what are my escape routes? Where do I go? If I had to barricade myself and then somebody was to get in, what would I do? And that leads us into fighting back, Dave. Yeah, so real quick, um, I want you to think about this. The three mass shootings that happened, and they happened within, gosh, almost two weeks in a row before Virginia Beach, um, you, we, we had a hero in every one of those that stopped the shooter. Amen. Now, we, we had a high school kid that, that, that tackled the guy and gave up his life fighting the guy, but, but it allowed the other students who jumped on top of the guy to disarm him. And so he, he saved, you know, we know at least 20 students that, that would have been shot had he not done that. So those, there, were, there were two or three kids in the high school shooting that jumped in. And then at um, UNC, you got a college student who, who had tackled the shooter immediately and fought the shooter even in spite of himself being shot, and he eventually passed away. Yeah. He saved lives, and other guys jumped in on that. And then let's go over to Oregon, where a high school teacher found out that there was a kid that had made threats and literally tackled the kid as he was pulling the shotgun out from under his jacket without one shot being fired. That teacher took him down. He didn't yell, look out. He didn't say shit. He just took that dude down. So those three shootings in a row ended differently because people were, were finally tired of being victims, to go back to what Ray was saying. They, that victim mentality is over on an airplane. It needs to be over in the schools. It needs to be over in your workplace. You need to say, dude, you bring a gun in here. God bless you. I'm going to tear the shit out of you if I get my hands on you. I love so, it. <laughs> but let, let's talk about the mentality because not everybody buys into this. So it's interesting how our brain works. And now this is no, not news to you guys, but I think I'm going to reinforce what you guys say on your program. So a lot of people say, well, that's not me. That's not me. And I'm like, if your three-year-old falls in a, in a river, okay, do you, do you assess the current? Do you assess your swim skills or, or the temperature of the water? No, you're a parent. You go in. You don't even think about it. It's one in a million you're going to save that kid. Yep. You're probably going to drown anyway. But you still but go in. Without, you go in without hesitation. It's in our DNA to be the hero. But most people don't know how to tap into it all the time. You guys in your community, you, you guys live that every day, all day. You're like looking for an opportunity to be the solution. But it is in all of our DNA. Now, I'm going to tell you something that, that I had interesting. I spoke about two months ago at an event here in Utah, and I had a guy that, that was uh, – now here in Utah, Ray – I mean, Jay, you make fun of us. 
But look, if you're 45 and you're not a grandfather in Utah, you're not living the religion right. <laughs> <laughs> we actually got so, some humor on this one. Yeah. <laughs> so, so here, here I am, you know, and and Jay, you know me, I, I am, I, I just barely turned 50 and I've got four, you know, three grandkids and one on the way. Yeah. So I've got this guy who is about six foot and, and he looks like Ray, he's a big dude. He's a construction worker and he's sitting in this room of 200 people and he goes, Dave, because I explained what you just said, by the way, Jay, I'm like, guys, the fatal funnel, the door is the fatal funnel. Okay. Tacticians understand that we don't, we don't spend, we don't waste our time in a doorway. We get through it quickly to clear a room that, that SOB has to come through the doorway too. It's his fatal funnel as well. So let's, let's prepare. We know we've got to come through there. Let's get him. And this guy, he looks at me and he goes, I'm 12 feet from you right now, Dave. And he goes, and if you had an AR in your hand and you raised it at my chest, I would just be like, well, shit, that's that. And I, and I looked at him and I'm like, okay, as big as you are, you're saying that's that. And he goes, dude, I'm not going to close the distance to you with an AR-15 pointed at me before you put me down. And I said, let me, let me ask you a question. Do you have grandkids? And, and of course, being in Utah, I knew he did. And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, but, you know, what are the ages? And he told me, and I said, all right, so let's say that your six, six-year-old grandson is sitting over there. And I pointed maybe four feet off to his, to his right. And I said, I'm going to raise the AR at your grandkid. And as I did that, he jumped out of his chair right there in the meeting room. And, I, and I'm like, what's the difference? He goes, dude, I will, I will come through you if you try and shoot my grandkid. I'm like, okay. So agree with me that it is in our DNA. If, if we're fighting for the right cause, we will fight to the death. And if your life doesn't have the same value as your child's life, you better fix that. Yeah. You got to get that mentality. You know, you got to adjust that because if you would go in the river without hesitation to save your own child, why wouldn't you save yourself without hesitation? And these guys are not ready for us to react. They are not ready. If you go on our Fight Back Nation Instagram, we have videos of teachers fighting back as our instructors go through the doors. And and let me share one more thing here. Uh, interesting thing. So we about two months ago we did a scenario where even the state of Utah, the, the Office of Risk Management was there to watch and make sure we did it right. We did it uh, in conjunction with the Summit County Sheriff's Office, the Camas Police Department, which is right outside of Park City, and we did the South Summit School District. Now, what we were doing was um, my team was handling, like we would send a guy in a room where teachers were, were practicing the fight back technique. We'd send him in with a red AR-15 that was plastic. Mm -hmm. um, so they could work with that. And then the SWAT guys, I'm sorry, not the SWAT guys, the SWAT team put it on, but the patrol officers, they were responding to the actual engaging the shooter part. So we were kind of doing two trainings simultaneously with students and teachers. It was a very realistic, very good training, except in the very beginning, the SWAT commander was the bad guy on the first scenario. So he's shooting full blanks, like legit blanks, pop, pop, pop with his AR-15. And he came down and he came to a room that we had posted as off limits for the police engagement. And he checked the doorknob and it was open and it was dark in there because the teachers had the lights off and he went in and, and myself and my buddy were like, Oh shit. He just went in there and this isn't part of the scenario. We weren't ready. And within two seconds, we're looking through the glass that's on the side of the, of the door into the, into this classroom. 
This dude is on his face. There's a knee in his neck. We, his face was funny because it was all squished sideways. So we go in there and he comes out and his head is bleeding. And he's like, I don't know what happened. A female teacher stepped in, used the technique that we teach, secured the AR. A second teacher tackled him. And he had three teachers on top of him. And he was immobile. And for the next eight hours, numerous times he came up to me and goes, Dave, if I hadn't experienced this myself, it would just be hard for me to believe that, that teachers are capable of this. And I'm just like, dude, you have to understand. All we need to do is educate them a little bit. The mama bear in a teacher is 10 times what it is in the average citizen. That's you know, awesome. Just, wow. Let them loose. Let them loose. Give people permission to fight back and kill these sons of bitches with their bare hands. And, so and- let me share this. Ray, one more thing. And then, and then so I, I don't know if you know this. Um, I'm sorry, uh, Jay. But anyway, I don't know if you know this, but uh, about 18 months ago, I got off an airplane. And, and Jay, you know my daughter is a, a, a cop here in Provo, Utah. And I got off the plane, and, and as a former law enforcement guy, seeing all these text messages from my daughter, I was a little freaked out. So I immediately called her, and I said, what's going on? And she said, Dad, there's been a mass shooting in Sutherland Springs, Texas, right down the road from where you're going. And I went to Sutherland Springs, and I helped those citizens that night deal until 1 in the morning with what had just happened with the mass shooting that happened in that church, where all of the people in the church were shot. Not all of them died, but all of them were shot. Now, in that case, the civilian ran from his home barefoot, jumped a couple of fences and engaged the shooter with an AR and, and ended up killing the shooter. That's a whole nother story. But let me come back to this. That night, as different news agencies found out that I happened to be there, I started doing interviews just off the cuff. And I'll never forget a girl from the Fox News out of San Antonio in between interviews. She said, Mr. Acosta, when will mass shooting stop? And I said, they will stop when they stop being productive, when they are no longer productive because we're fighting back, they'll stop. But right now, you know, as long as they're trying, you know, these mass shooters are trying to beat Cho's number as far as the school goes. You know, Virginia Tech, Cho, Cho holds the record with 32. That's how these people think. It's all about the body count. Now, we haven't even touched on, these are mass shooters that are wacko, like the guy in Virginia Beach. We haven't even touched on the guys that are, have a terrorist background and that are Islamic extremists. And they're the ones that did um, the Orlando nightclub, over 100 people shot, and the uh, San Bernardino City Hall at the Christmas party. Dude, that, that's a different type of shooter. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just rambling, man. No, you're yeah, not man, rambling. It's you're, you're, putting all, you're putting out valuable information, and people need to know about this. And I mean, we could talk about this for days and days and days, but bottom line, and again, LT, I'm going to just jump in here. We're going to talk about where you can be found and what you're doing. But listen, ladies and gentlemen, like I said, don't be a victim. Okay. We haven't even had time to get into whether you're caring or not. But like Mr. Dave just said, just because you're not caring doesn't mean you can't defend yourself. You just have to have a plan. You have to have a strategic plan. And something that I do, Dave, and I know you do, and I know you do, Jason, too, is it's not just a plan for me. I have a plan for my family because I can't always be with my family. You know, I have, I have an 11 year old daughter to be, and I have a, a, a 25 year old son and all of them know that like when I sit in a restaurant, I never have my back to the door. Never. And I know you probably don't either. And I know, I know Jay does it because we fight over that seat and I'm, and I'm not going to get into it, but I'm always carrying on me. You know, I have a concealed weapons permit and I, like I said, I, if I'm going to go out in the blaze of glory, my family is going to be behind me. 
And I'm going to be looking, I'm going to be looking at hell right in the eyes because, and it's not because I'm a Navy SEAL, it's because I'm a father and I refuse, I refuse, I say it three times when I'm passionate about something, I refuse to cover my, to cover, die by covering my family because I was unprepared. Now, there's certain places that you can't take weapons into, I get that, and, um, you know, obviously my first thought is I'm going to hide my family. We didn't get into cover concealment, but I want to try to hide my family where bullets aren't going to hit them. And then I'm going to come up with a plan, you know, whether me, me and Jason attend the same church, we're going to come up with a plan and we are going to take care of business any way we can, because not because we're, we're special operations, because we're humans, we're fathers and we're Americans. Yeah. Awesome, man. Yeah. I mean, that's what it comes down to. I mean, it comes down to building that fight back mentality you know, Dave, you, you summed it. So those of you out there run, hide, but no matter what, at the end of the day, you got to have the fight back mentality. Yes. If you do not think that uh, you can't buy into this, it's not going to happen to me, or I can go hide and we'll be fine. Uh, at, at the end, in the back of your mind, you have to be prepared to fight back. You have to be prepared to conquer and overcome. And that's what it is all about. So, Dave, we're running up near the end of the show, man. I got to say thank you so much. Thank you, Please sir. send us the links. If people want to find out more, if they want to learn more about what you're doing, if they want to hire you to come in and talk yes. to their company about active shooters, where, uh, where do they go? So our website is fightbacknation.org. So that's pretty simple. We have a Fightback Nation Instagram as well. Those are the two places you can find us. And uh, the fightbacknation.org website, there's more and more information being added. We never expected that we were going to be this busy with the corporate world, and that's starting to grow. So right now our focus has been schools and just information for, for general citizens. So that's where you can find us. And like I said, I'll send you guys the video once it's got the final edit so you can also share it with the people that follow you hey you guys are look you guys are doing an amazing thing uh we all agree that it's all about the mindset and uh it can be life-changing i mean it can make your life better just to know that you are capable and prepared to, to win and not not just win in a deadly force encounter i'm just talking win at life which is what you two guys are all about so i love you guys i love what you're doing i appreciate you and uh, it's been an honor to be a part of this. So thanks for having me. Thank you so much, sir. Yeah, Dave, absolutely. So, once again, before we close, I just want to shout out to the city of Virginia Beach and and for those twelve uh, those twelve souls we lost. You know, I mean, everybody thinks it's not going to happen to them, and it happened right here in our own backyard. And uh, you know, we we are there's so many of you out there that are listening to this that are connected to some of those people. I'm connected to some of the law enforcement officers. And uh, it, it, it can happen, guys. Unfortunately, in this crazy world we live in, it can happen. So you listen to what Dave said, man. Run, hide, fight back. It is yes. what it is all about. Uh, do, we, do we even want to close today? I think we've kind of summed it up. I, I think if anybody's going to close it up, it yeah, should, Dave, it should what be are, Dave. What are your final words, man? What are the final words? We always close. Uh, give everyone your final words on, on fight back. Give them the motivation to fight back. Hey, you know what my, my final words are, and, and this is what I end with in the video. Um, if you have the right mindset and you have a plan, coming back to what, you know, Ray was saying, he has a plan for himself and his family. Um, not only can you survive, you will survive a mass shooting. Amen. So have a plan, have the right mindset. And then guess what, man? It's not about being paranoid. It's about being prepared. And if you're prepared, you will live an amazingly 
uh, fulfilled life. Yeah. Amen. Amen. I, I got nothing. I just, I can't top that. Just, uh, thoughts and prayers go out to the families. Yeah. Hashtag BB strong. This has been the JR overcome show with Dave Acosta fight back. Uh, man, this is Jason overcome Redmond and this is Ray cash care and we are out. Thanks for listening to the JR overcome show. Tune in next time. And please remember to subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud. Please visit jrovercomeshow.com. This is Ray Cash Care. Thanks for listening to the JR Overcome Show. If you love the show, ladies and gentlemen, we would love for you to do us a huge favor. Go to iTunes, subscribe, leave a five-star message, leave a comment, and share with your friends. Boom!